0: Hello, Precision Insights podcast listeners. This is your host, Dave Wolf with Genexus. Our guest for this journey is Liz Newman. Liz, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Dave. I'm so happy to be here.
0: You know, before we jump in, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yes, um, I'd be happy to. Uh, my friends call me Liz, and I'm a follower of Christ. I'm married to my high school sweetheart, who is the smartest man I know. And together we have three beautiful children and live on five acres in rural Virginia. Uh, As far as training goes, I graduated from the University of Oklahoma with a PharmD degree in 2010. While I was in school, I trained as an intern at a chain and moved into the staff pharmacist role once I received my license. Um, Fortunately, in 2018, the company closed some stores and had some layoffs. And so my hours were reduced. And from that, I started an LLC. It was an online clothing store and gift shop. And so from that experience, uh, I learned how to start an LLC. I learned how to do taxes, you know, all the things that is required to to run a business. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't profitable. So I understood that and closed that. But From there, I took that information. And last year, I started a PLLC, where I do MTM independent contracting. Uh, Later on in the year, I also started doing content reviewing for study.com. And that kind of came about because I really enjoyed critiquing works of fiction. And I just kind of thought of hey, I like really doing, you know, critiques and feedback and things like that. So maybe I could incorporate that into a contract position. And so I found an opening with study.com. Earlier this year in March, I left the pharmacy bench to focus on what's most important to me. And that's my relationships and also investing in myself so that I could help others by practicing pharmacy in a way that I, felt was most beneficial
0: that took a lot of courage right? and, and awareness I mean a, a, a term that I've heard you say is you, you always have to understand where you are and where you want to be
1: mm-hmm. yeah. and
0: and when you're a pharmacist for if I'm doing the math right about 14 years yeah. and you were known as Liz the retail pharmacist and you took some pivots there Yeah. Talk us through that transition, you know, both holistically and because there's I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who are in that same spot today. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's a there's a term my husband likes to use. It's called situational awareness. And it's just kind of taking into account, um, taking a moment and analyzing where you are um, so that you're not just complacent to what's you know, going on. And so for me, I realized, and I think it really started back in 2018 when there were layoffs, I realized retail pharmacy wasn't going to be my future for 20 years down the road. I realized I needed to diversify my skill sets. I needed to find out what I was passionate about. But I also needed to realize that how I was practicing pharmacy was not really in line with my beliefs, what I felt was most beneficial for my patient and for myself. And so I really had to, I think I've said before, I was in the valley of decision. You know, I had to really sit there and think, is this where I want to be in five years, 10 years? And the answer for me was no. And that may not be for everyone, but if you feel unsure, if you feel like you are not practicing at the best of your ability or in a way that is really helping your patients. Um, I think that that is a clue and a sign that something's not working. There is a disconnect between your heart and your head.
0: When you're in that Valley of decision, what are some, what's some of the self-talk that you do? You know, how do you, how do you walk through that?
1: Well, for me, It was kind of hard because I stayed in that position for a long time. You know, I identified as a retail pharmacist. That's, you know, what I went to school for. That's what I wanted to do. Um, So for me, I had to get to a point where I didn't just always make excuses for what was going on. I had to say, hey, there is something else that is better. There is a better way to practice medicine. There is a better way to treat my patients. There is a better way for me to live, um, and not accepting, you know, my current situation as how it was going to be forever.
0: And and then you started exploring precision medicine and pharmacogenetics and some of these other tools that are really patient-centric and getting down to the right treatment for that individual patient. And it opened doors for you to pivot into the kind of the patient care journey that you wanted to embark on.
1: It did. So for a couple of years, I was doing medication therapy management, but there was something missing. There was a piece of the puzzle that was missing. Uh, I haven't been able to incorporate PGX into retail pharmacy but I was able to um, talk to patients that had had failed therapy on multiple antidepressants and I you know counseled them and I said you've tried several and you've had bad side effects have you had a PGX test to see if we're doing the right drug for the right patient at the right dose and they weren't aware of you know that it was available, and so you know, I made the recommendation, and hopefully they were able to get the the right treatment. Um, unfortunately, there isn't education on it yet. People talk about it, but they don't really know how to get it started. And so, one of the things that I've been looking into doing is pivoting from medication therapy management into uh, PGX consulting. As an independent contractor, uh, one of the companies I'm looking at is PGX Ally because they offer an independent contract uh, position where they set up the collaborative agreements with the physicians, which allows me just to do the work of spending 30 minutes to an hour and a half looking at the medications, the labs, you know, making my recommendations and sending that off to the physician. I think that that will really help me. Um, also be able to have time to focus on my writing that I want to do, um, but still use my PharmD degree you know, in a clinical aspect to help patients.
0: Absolutely. And talking more about the writing, that's, that's kind of a personal passion of yours. And actually, you write nonfiction, uh, as you say, fantasy writing. Um, but a lot of that skill set can be used to provide education to the patients. To the physicians, to peer pharmacists who want to learn more about this, and I know you also study AI and a lot of the innovat- innovative innovative <laughs> yeah. uh, work going on in this precision medicine space. So, talk to me about your writing and some of the work you've done, and and how you intend to blend the two. You know, kind of couple the two.
1: Yeah, I've always enjoyed books and storytelling. I've always enjoyed. You know, jumping in a world and seeing a problem and then coming to the end and seeing the solution, you know, um, and world building. And so now I'm trying to work on my skill set through AMWA, which is the American Medical Writers Association. They have an essential skill certificate that I'm working through. And from that, I want to move into medical communications and provide patient education, uh, physician you know, education, and just kind of help everyone understand the changing landscape of healthcare through precision medicine and innovation, even possibly talking about blockchain technology in the future, because that will change the way we operate. It'll change the way we do money. It'll change the way we... Uh, operate in healthcare, and the way information is, uh, I guess, disseminated or moved through the system.
0: Absolutely. And it's protected. You know, that's the whole intent of that the blockchain theory. But I, I, I think, you know, going back to some of the pivots, because a lot of our audience are listening, saying, you know what, I'm, I'm that retail pharmacist that that's all I know, that's all I can do. I have no other skill sets. Um, if I think of doing anything else, I get the imposter syndrome, you know, (laughs) and, you know, I myself have pivoted several times in my career. Uh, but my core has always been pharmacy. It's kind of been kind of the link all the way through. And part of it's, it's my, my passion. Um, And where I get excited about precision medicine is we're finally taking care of the individual patient. We have data now that we never had before that's all evidence-based that that gets me really excited. And I've had a lot of strong success stories by using that data. But you can talk to me about, talk to the other pharmacist out there that maybe it's not the case that, that they're downsizing in their company. But they're just burned out.
1: Yeah, I think uh, burnout, not just in retail pharmacy, but physicians and healthcare as a whole is is a hot topic right now. I think speaking to a couple of pharmacy managers in the last two or three weeks, I've just heard a lot of, honestly, horror stories. Um, Some Spent 18 hours just trying to catch up and they couldn't, you know. And so it kind of puts them in a position of all I want to do is help my patients and get their medicine out. But uh, I just almost a state of feeling hopeless. And I just want to encourage any retail pharmacist or any physician struggling that um, there is. And a light at the end of the tunnel, uh, there is a way to pivot out of the situation, There, there is opportunity, um, and one of the ways to find opportunity is to get connected, and so for me, when I was in retail, I know that, like, that was where I wanted to be, you know, in my mind, I put myself in this box, and I just kind of stayed there, <laughs> and I closed out, Any possibility to anything else. And so once I was in the box, I was like, this is it, you know? And then once I was there, I just thought, wow, this is all there is. (laughs) Finally, after a couple of years. And that's not true. And so when I started reaching out to people on LinkedIn and sharing stories, and when I uh, got connected in RPH Ally, uh, I just, talked with a lot of pharmacists that pivoted from retail into uh, a value-based care system. And it's so rewarding. So imagine as a retail pharmacist, those times where you helped a patient and they came back, you know, a couple weeks later, you felt that, you know, connection, you felt the, the rewarding aspect of healthcare and providing care for people. Um, Imagine doing that all the time with patients, you know, and if you are an introvert, like I am doing independent contracting, say you don't want to do the whole consulting or, or coaching model, but you want to do some contracting, you can still get that same feeling of, uh, I am helping my patient because they are getting the medication they need. They're not going to have bad side effects it's at the right dose, you know, there is reward in contracting. Um, I think that a lot of people get into this. um, (laughs) We were talking the other day with a pharmacist and she was like, I was just always putting out fires. As soon as I put out one fire, there was another fire. And it's like this constant stress that they could never get out from. And I'm just here to tell you that you can You know, you just have to get connected. You have to make a plan uh, and just slowly take one step at a time. And each step forward will get you closer to your goal. Um, It doesn't have to be an overnight thing. Um, And it will take, you know, time and connection with people. So,
0: yeah, networking, reaching out. You'll find that there's others experiencing the same journey that you went through. You know, and you talked about being in a box. And I bet at times all four walls felt like they're closing in more and more. So one thing we've talked about is a concept that you have called transcend the box. And to me, does that mean breaking down the walls of the box? Or does it mean opening the top of the box? What does that look like to you?
1: Yeah, I think transcend the box is uh, whatever you want it to be. Uh, I think for me, it was the idea that I put myself in a box and I had all these labels of who I was and how I was supposed to act and think and uh, transcend the box will be a blog series about, you know, becoming aware of my situation and then reevaluating where am I wanting to go? like, who do I want to be? How do I want to practice pharmacy? Um, and the whole point of that will hopefully be to give some encouragement and inspiration to pharmacists that are struggling right now. I talked to a couple of pharmacy managers about um, how do they pivot out of their position? You know, how do they connect with certain people? Um, and I, and my biggest thing that I talked to each one of them about was, well, what what do you want pharmacy to look like for you? Like, how do you want to practice? And so I think Transcend the Box will help some people uh, go through some steps on just analyzing, you know, where they are, where they want to be.
0: That's fantastic. Sometimes when you pause and and look inward, you know, kind of the first step in that process, it can be pretty scary. As you mentioned, it's, it's labels we place on ourselves. You know, I, I went to school for, I've got a doctorate in pharmacy, so I need to be a doctorate in pharmacy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, my, my, I want, I want to keep my, make my family proud. I want, you know, that, that's who I am, but I can do so much more. Um, yeah. But sometimes it's scary to peel it back and listen to those inner voices. But yeah. it's, it's a necessary step, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it, it really is. Um, moving from the bench to. You know, whatever I want to do, how I want my day to look, how I want to spend my time, what I focus on, what I write on um, has been liberate liberating, but at the same time, very scary because I don't know <laughs> what tomorrow is going to actually look like it's not a nine to five where I just punch in and punch out you know Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't regret it I think it was the best choice for my personal happiness and overall the happiness of my family Um, I wasn't able to really be present for my kids my kids didn't get to you know be in activities everything was always um, a chore rather than really enjoying and being present. Um, And so now life is a lot different. I have a different priority and focus on my family and what I can provide for pharmacy as a whole in the profession, not just trying to make it through my nine to five, but how can I help the profession? How can I help patients? How can I help providers? How can I help my husband and my children, you know, get to a, a healthier state in general. Um, there's only one of me. <laughs> I can't be, you know, 10. And if all of my effort is to put out fires or my attention or, you know, just my emotional range is centered on making it through the nine to five retail pharmacy. Which it it was never nine to five, no. Um, but um, you know what I mean. Like if all my energy and thought is just to make it and survive, then I'm not able to really give more to everybody else. I'm not really putting in life into situations, and so I feel like the choice to leave the bench um, ultimately will will help more people than anything you know
0: and it 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 brings us back to the core of why we chose pharmacy in the first place and it's to take care of patients you know when I when I was in pharmacy school the pharmacist was the most trusted profession um, that and, and religious leaders were the kind of the you know they, they were saying the priest and the pharmacist are most trusted <laughs> and and I think we've gotten into a a uh, transactional world where we lost yeah. some of that personal touch. And I think some of the activity that you're doing and you're going to start writing about it. And, and to me, that's another means, not just the networking, but getting some messages out that others read. Um, that's another way to connect and, and, and stop and think about, am I on the right path? So I think it's fantastic work that you're doing. It's so exciting to see the journey that you've taken and, and, thanks for being vulnerable and sharing that with us because you're not alone. And and that's, I think that's why you're putting that message out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I just recently put out a questionnaire for my best and worst blog. And it was really, it was sad to see that a lot of the patients didn't have reaction or didn't have experiences with pharmacists. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they just view the pharmacist as the one that puts the pills in the bottle for them. You know, uh, there were a few that had some experience, but they already were in healthcare. Uh, so they were one was a pharma rep, you know, and so she had some experience with pharmacists. But um, hearing that, you know, years ago, pharmacy was the most um, trusted profession, and now we go to you're just the person that puts the pills in the bottle for me every 90 days is is a a widespread you know and so I'm hoping that through writing through connecting um we can make a change in people's lives you know that we can uh, really give them some hope that there is a way to get healthier and to live a happier life
0: and, and more productive on, on your purpose, right? Kind of more of purposeful life on the, the journey that you choose. And what are some what are some key points you want our listeners to walk away with?
1: Yeah, I, I think there's three things that really I want the audience to take away. And one is to analyze your situation, to just really be aware of uh, the position you're in and decide if that's where you want to be in five to 10 years and if it's not you know that's okay to say that that's not where I want to be in five to 10 years half the problem is knowing that there is a problem (laughs) so that you can find a solution you know and then the second thing is get connected you know I I know that when I was in pharmacy, I got to a point where I wasn't involved in my profession, aside from doing the job, the daily job. And so I had to get connected through RPH Ally and through other pharmacists in LinkedIn to really see that I was in my own little bubble. But there are other bubbles out there, you know, and people doing different things. And so that really uh, sent a surge of oxygen into my bubble. <laughs> you know, I had more life now, because I, w- I could grow and learn that there is another bubble I can jump into. And then the third thing is, I, w- I just want to encourage hope. Uh, I remember years back, I would talk to patients that were, you know, 90. And they had been through World War Two, the Great Depression, they had been through so much in their life. And they still had a smile. And you could just see the resilience in their eyes and so I just would want to encourage everyone to have hope, have hope for yourself, have hope that you can get healthy, have hope for your profession.
0: Oh, Thank you so much. How, how might our listeners stay in touch with you, you know, and learn about the work you're doing? What's the yeah. best way they can get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, they can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. And I also have a website oh. called etnewman.com. And that's where I kind of just talk about my fantasy novel and my blogs on there. So.
0: Fantastic. I can't wait to read some, read some of those blogs. And I think podcasting may be in your future as well. Um,
1: Oh no. Another
0: another medium you can use to get the message out. Well,
1: I I just uh, really appreciate you Dave, for my first podcast ever, you know, um, I'm just so nervous and everything, but you made it so enjoyable. And, <laughs> you know, the pharmacy profession is so lucky to have you and yeah. Genexus. Um, the solutions that you guys provide for providers and for patients—they're gonna—they're gonna change some lives. So that's what it's all about, right? That's
0: what it's all about. Well, thank you so much, Liz, and I look forward to seeing the journey that you carry us on.
1: Thank you.